the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I trust that you've had a fruitful week. It's always a joy and a great delight to share fellowship with you in God's Word. Let's pray together this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. The entrance of your word brings light and understanding. This morning, as we feed on your word, bring us light and illumination. Change us from inside out. Equip us, empower us to live a life of all-round excellence and impact. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God richly bless you for being part of our broadcast. I encourage you, share the link with as many people as possible. Let them be blessed and enriched by the ministry of God's word. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. The New Living Translation says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize. So run to win. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one person gets a prize. Run to win. I pray that the grace of God to run to win the race of life will be released upon you through this broadcast. The Bible says grace and peace will multiply to you through the knowledge. So as God's word comes to you, grace is being imparted to you. The grace to run the race that is set before you with patience and to win is released in the name of our Lord Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 tells us, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, we should run with patience the race set before us. This is something, a scripture we have referred to almost every week since we began this series. There is a race set before us and we are expected to run, finish, and get the prize. Apostle Paul said that the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. In other words, I have finished my race. Now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge himself, shall give me on that day. And not only to me, but unto all those who love his appearing. All those who will run their race and finish their course. I see you run your race. I see you finish your course in the name of our Lord Jesus. And we establish the fact that everybody is running, but not everybody is going to win. Some are running in vain. But we are admonished, we are encouraged to run to win. But how else can we run to win? We establish the fact that if you are going to run to win, number one, we need, to, we need to know who to run with and then we need to know what to run after and much more, we need to appreciate the laws that governs our success in the race. Every game has its unique rules and laws that govern it. If you are a footballer, as a player, you are not allowed to touch or catch the ball. 
Only the goalkeeper is permitted to do that. Basketball has its unique uh, laws. Boxing has its unique laws. In the race that God has called us to run, there are laws that also govern us. And if you run lawfully, we get the prize. But if we run amiss or we don't run according to the rules, we end up missing the prize. That's why this series is vital. You are not only called to run the race. You are called to run and finish. You are called to run and run lawfully. You are called to run to win the prize. And that you will do in Jesus' precious name. Now, we've been looking at running with others. Who to run with? Number one, we said we need to run with God. And apart from God, we need to run with others. Our text is Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one, the King James says, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he had not another to help him up. You see, it's disastrous. It's risky to be alone in life. He says, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? He says, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And the threefold cord is not easily broken. He said, for if they fall, the one will help his, uh, his brother. But woe unto him that is alone. Woe unto him that is alone. Are you living life alone? Are you going through life alone? Uh, have you, has the power of relationship lost its significance on your life? Are you just trying to succeed and to achieve alone? The Bible says that is a cursed life. Woe unto him that is alone. Why? Because your resources, your, your, your resource will be limited. Your impact and your influence likewise will be limited. I want you to appreciate this morning that one thing that you, you, will need, you need today, you need tomorrow, and you will always need is people. You will always need people. A wise man said, all success is connected to people. All success is connected to people. Apple is a successful product because several people use it. That's what makes it successful. Everything that is a success is connected to people. The more people you are connected to and the more successful those people are, the greater your chances of success. Everyone needs someone. You need someone, I need someone. Even God needs people. Have you ever thought about the number of people who are on the planet today? We have about 7.8 million people, 8 billion people on the planet. Almost 8 billion people are on the planet. Why will God have so many people on the planet? Because he needs so many people. It's so, so important. God needs so many people. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 4. He said, unto you, O men, I call. That is God. Wisdom is calling unto you, O men. I call. God is always calling for men. And then, I like what the Bible says in Psalm 17, verse 14. He said, for men are the hand of God. Men are the hand of God. In other words, if God, God is going to bless you, he's going to use his hand. He's going to use a human being to reach out to you. Men are the hand of God. Never forget, never underestimate your need for people. You need people. And so far, in running with others, we've captured the priority of relationship. We've looked at the power of relationships. And then we've looked at people we should connect with. In this particular series, in part four, we are going to be looking at the protocols that we need to observe in order to get the best out of relationships. And I'll be zeroing in on how to connect and maintain profitable 
relationships, how to connect and maintain profitable relationships. Look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 26. He says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Because relationships are important, we need wisdom to choose carefully. You cannot just allow anybody into your circle. In as much as it's great to connect with several people in life, it's also important that we choose our friends carefully. That is very, very important. It's not just like being on Facebook and click it, accept or reject. No, you need to know much more about the people you allow to come so close into you. You need to know practically how to connect with people and as well as maintain the relationship. Proverbs 18, 24. He says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. There is a friend who stays closer than a brother. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And there's a friend that stays closer than a brother. There are three levels of relationships I want you to appreciate. And we will be considering Jesus. You realize that in this series, I've been using Jesus as a model because Jesus was a master, uh, master at relationship. He mastered the art of relating to people. He mastered the art of connecting with people. He connected with all people, from people from all walks of life. Jesus knew how to relate with the rich. Jesus knew how to relate with the poor. Jesus knew how to relate with the great. Jesus knew how to relate to the downcast. You need how to connect with all kinds of people. There are people. The only people they know how to flow with are people who are poor. If all the people around your life are poor, then you are very poor and your chances of ever being rich is forever diminished. You need to connect with people. There are people who are surrounded with people who are, they are greater than. It's great to be great. But it's important that you also are connected with people who are bigger and greater than you. That will help you see that the heights you are yet to uh, get to, the places, things you are yet to experience, it's always, always important that we get the right people around us all the time. Jesus has three levels of relationships. And we see that from Mark. The first level is he had the 12 disciples. And then he had the three, and then he had the one. Let's look at Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. And he went up on a mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. Look at that. And when they came to him, then he appointed 12. Take note. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. These were like acquaintances. They were to be with him. Jesus called them to be with him. Later on, he says, I call you no longer servants, but I call you friends. He called them to be with him, that he might send them out to go and preach. Out of the twelve, Jesus also singled out three people. James, John, Peter. These three were handpicked out of the twelve. So he had the twelve and then he had the three. Let's look at that. What Jesus shared with the three, he did not share with the remainder nine. Jesus knew what to share with each category of persons or a relationship that he had around him. And it's all always important. That's why we cannot maximize the relationships around us. We cannot get the best out of the relationship without, first of all, understanding the levels of relationships around us. Jesus had the three. Look at this. Mark chapter 9, verse 2 to 10. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, take note, Peter, James, and John, and led them up on a high mountain 
apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them these were the only three that saw jesus transfigured the others didn't see it he took them to a high mountain there was a place he could go with these three that the nine couldn't go it reminds me of the man abraham when god told him to go and offer his son you know he carried his servants with him but at a certain point in the journey he told his servants to stay with the asses while he and the lad went up yonder you must always understand where the people around you where you can take them there are places you can go with everybody there are places you can go with only a select few so jesus took them the bible says his clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow such as no launderer on earth can whiten them then an elijah appeared to them with moses and they were talking with jesus what an experience but then peter answered and said to jesus rabbi it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles one for you one for moses and one for elijah because he did not know what to say for they were greatly afraid and a cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him suddenly they looked around him they saw no one anymore but only jesus with themselves now as they came down from the mountain i want to show you something here as they came down from the mountain he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the son of man had risen from the dead so they kept this word to themselves questioning what the rising from the dead meant can you see that these were people who could have certain experiences and keep their mouth shut it's not everything you see you need to talk about and there are people you need to know what you can share with them jesus could not share this experience with everybody and so he took the three that is the second level of relationship the 12 the three and then look at the third category of relationship or the third level of relationship jesus had and that is with john the beloved look at this john 13 verse 21 to 26 the cv says this after jesus had said these things he was deeply troubled and told his disciples i tell you for certain that one of you will betray me they were confused about what he meant and they just stared at each other jesus favorite disciple that's the word jesus favorite disciple so the three were there but he had a favorite even among the three jesus favorite disciple was sitting next to him at the meal and simon motioned for that disciple to find out which one jesus meant so the disciple leaned toward jesus and asked lord which one of us are you talking about jesus answered i will dip this piece of bread in the sauce and give it to the one i was talking about then jesus dipped the bread and gave it to judas the son of simeon Iscariot. can you see that so this is john the beloved in fact the new king james says and there was one leaning on jesus bosom of his disciples whom jesus loved that is john the beloved he called himself the disciple whom jesus loved obviously jesus was had a certain bond with john that was different you remember when he hung on the cross and he could see no one on the cross he told john behold your mother and then uh, mary your son that was the bond if when jesus was dying on the cross there was no one none of his disciples was around now he could trust his mother to none of the disciples but john the beloved it shows the deep bond they had you remember that was also the disciple that death could not take him he went they, they tried everything to kill john they couldn't kill him intimacy is powerful 
And I pray that in this year of grace, you will desire and you will grow in your hunger for God to become more intimate and to become close with God like never before. So we established the fact that there were three levels of relationships, the 12, the three, and the one. The protocols for getting the best out of all of these relationships differ one relationship from another. In this episode, like I said, this is going to be 4A. And by the time we are through, what I'm seeking to do is to guide you, share with you practical keys that will help you to know how to connect with people wherever you find yourself so that you can maximize the blessings that relationships offer all of us. Now look at John chapter 4 verse 1 to 26. It's going to be a long passage, but it's key. Here we see Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman and we are going to glean some vital lessons as far as how to connect with people are concerned. A lot of people are apprehensive. They don't know how to connect with people. And in this uh, social media age where you find people in LinkedIn, you find people on Facebook that we have so many platforms for connection. We must learn how to practically connect with people person to person so we can get the best out of the relationship. How can you maximize the power of relationship? How can you get the best out of relationship? You can only get the best when you know how to initiate or start a relationship. How do you get it practically done? That's what we'll be doing in this particular teaching episode. John chapter 4 verse 1 to 26. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them. His disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Saka, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some water. So here is Jesus, wearied and tired from a long walk, sits by Jacob's well, and he's just sitting there. And there comes a woman, a strange woman, a total stranger, not a Jew, a Samaritan woman. Not only is she a Samaritan, she's also a woman. The Jews and the Samaritans have no dealings. Let's see how Jesus is going to deal with this woman. And Jesus begins to engage this woman. Look at verse 9. The woman was surprised because that was not what she expected. She didn't expect a man to engage him at this hour. She had smuggled her way to the river or the pool side or the pond side at this time because of her unique character. She didn't want to be seen. So she went at an all time. The time that they would have customarily gone to fetch water was not the time she was gone. New time is not water fetching time. But this woman went there and by the time she got there, it happened that Jesus was seated by the well. And look at what happened. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Have you ever attempted to connect with someone and you were faced with rejection? To the face. In fact, one of the reasons why a lot of people don't go out of their way to initiate relationship with people is the fear of rejection. And this was what Jesus received directly from the woman. Verse 10. Jesus replied, If you knew the gift God has for you or and who you are speaking with, you will ask me and I will give you the living water. But, sir, 
you don't have a rope or a bucket she said and this well is very deep where would you get this living water look this woman was in a posture that was not receptive but along the line as the conversation goes on you see that now she's becoming more responsive she's opening up she's now also asking christ questions and besides do you think you are greater than our ancestor jacob who gave us this well how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed jesus replied anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again but those who drink the water i will give will never be thirsty again it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life wow please sir the woman said give me this water then i will never be thirsty again and i won't have to come here to get water go and get your husband jesus told her i don't have a husband the woman replied jesus said you are right you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands you aren't even married to the man you are living with now you certainly spoke the truth jesus was a master communicator ha, it's beautiful say the woman said you must be a prophet so tell me why is it that you jews insist that jerusalem is the only place of worship why we samaritans claim it is here at mount gerizim where our ancestors worshiped jesus replied believe me dear woman the time is coming and it will not it will no longer matter where you worship the father on this mountain or in jerusalem you samaritans know very little about the one you worship why we jews know all about him for salvation comes through the jews but the time is coming indeed it's right it's here now when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth the father is looking for those who worship him that way for god is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth the woman said i know the messiah is coming the one who is called christ when he comes he will explain everything to us then jesus told her i am the messiah beautiful 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 passage the instructions this text is loaded the instructions in it the lessons that can be picked here are awesome we can engage anybody anywhere no matter the person's posture and attitude when we learn to glean the secrets jesus revealed from his engagement with this woman i'm going to walk you through a number of practical ways or keys that can help you to connect with people no matter where they are and profit from the benefit relationships bring into our lives if you are going to get the best out of relationships you have to know how to connect with people and maintain the relationships so how can you position yourself so you can connect with people number one you must view everyday encounters or interaction with people as divine appointments view every day and i mean every day view everyday encounters or interaction with people as divine appointments never see relationships as accidental the bible says in psalm 37 verse 23 this is what the scripture says about you he said the steps of a good man the steps of a righteous man the steps of the safe person the steps of a man are ordered by the lord here he says the steps of a good man 
are ordered by the Lord. Your steps, your steps, your stops. You get into a bus station. You are supposed to catch a particular bus and you miss that and you join another one. Your steps are ordered. Your stops also are ordered. You are going to meet somebody. He gives you a particular time. You get there and he's not there at the time. And you are, you are, you are forced to sit and wait. That act, you are ordered. While you are waiting, somebody could come around and that somebody may open a door. God can use that person to open a door into a, a, a may use that person to open a great financial door for you he can use him to open a door for you to get a scholarship to study somewhere he can use him to open a door for you to meet your life mate no meeting by a child of god is accidental when you meet people you have to view them as divine appointment see them as encounters with destiny look at jesus and his meeting with a woman john 4 verse 4 to 7 he had to go through samaria on the way he was going headed to galilee but he had to pass through samaria because there was a purpose there was a divine encounter about to happen eventually he came to the samaritan village of Sychar near the field that jacob had given to his son jacob was there tired and then he sat by the well jesus sat by the well and he sat there doing resting but there was a purpose god had a divine program in place and that program he was going to unveil that program through the woman who was going to come this is the first time jesus is encountering samaritan and this is the first time jesus is engaging a woman on this account jesus opens up this woman comes there jesus is seated and then they meet it's not by accident that jesus found himself there you have to understand that view every encounter with people it could be in a bus it could be on a plane it could be at uh, in a bank wherever you meet people view it as divine appointment view it as encounters divine appointment that will set you up for greater advancement progress and prosperity in life look at this text with me ruth is a beautiful test that we want to look at one day ruth the moabite said to naomi let us go into the harvest fields to pick up the stakes of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it naomi replied all right my daughter go ahead so ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters and as it happened look at the word as it happened it just happened <laughs> she found herself i like that as it happened she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Look at amazing text. She went to the field to gather grain. And she just happened. She just chanced to find herself in the field of Boaz. To her, it's accidental. But according to God's divine program, this was going to set the stage for the birth of the Messiah. This was going to set the stage for a gentle woman to be roped into the lineage of christ amazing nothing accidental here whatsoever she might have felt that well i just happened to have been there she did not just happen to be there god had a purpose for putting her there getting her to land her feet on boas's field at this time never 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 take your relationships your encounters with people casually don't treat them trivially god has a greater purpose and if you are able to buy into God's mind and understand his purpose and view relationships at divine appointment, we will always get the best out of them. Look at this. While she was there, Boaz arrived 
from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. And he said, the Lord bless you. The harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Ah, yeah, yeah. May the favor of God locate somebody this week. What, who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather, when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young men working in the field and see which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to water that they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked, I'm only a foreigner. Verse number 11. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for my mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I've heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. That reward is what we see when Ruth eventually finds her name in the lineage of Christ. Never, 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 never take your encounters with people for granted. When you encounter people, you are encountering a life-changing moment. When you encounter people, you are encountering something that will go into your future and change your destiny perpetually for good. I pray that the grace of God will rest upon you. That as we are about to enter a new week, you will be discerning, you will be sensitive to the guidance and the leadings of the Spirit of God, and you will connect with people on a more meaningful and purposeful level. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. God richly bless you for being part of our broadcast. I look forward to having you join me same time next week as I bring you an exciting episode of Run With Others protocols for getting the best out of relationships. You are blessed. Pastor Afroakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never be the same. Never be the same.